0: You want a strategy to beat DraftKings and FanDuel? Well a good start is to avoid these five common mistakes. We'll reveal them as well as we'll tell you all about our free nine class NFL Masterclass series all coming up next.
1: Hello everyone, I'm Eric Lee and I'm Gary Kurtzman and we are the Fantasy Football Consultants. Uh, A little bit about our background especially for the newer viewers. Uh, Eric and I have had over five decades of senior managerial experience in the quantitative realms uh, including uh, managing a modeling department in a Fortune 50 company and that's what we bring, that data-driven Quantitative analytical uh, rigor to bear on what our passion is, which is what we've been playing for 25 years fantasy football. In other words, respect my authority! <laughs> <laughs> we've shown our authority during our
0: Masterclass series. Here's the deal, folks. Uh, It takes you from a beginner class that gives you all the basics including the 10 tips for success as a beginner, to picking the right contest, and then a deep dive by position for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and defenses, and then a really nice summary shows for GPP and cash games.
1: And Eric, we got such an incredibly positive response from these shows, um, from literally thousands of people, uh, that we wanted to go ahead and make this show, this show, the, the, the Five Mistakes, it's a little bit of a synopsis, I think, of our uh, nine-class Masterclass series. If you want to support the show, smash that like button,
0: and then hit the red subscriber button if you haven't yet, followed by the bell icon to be notified of our future videos. Let's get right into it, Gary. What is the most common mistake, number one on our top five list, that fantasy
1: uh, DFS players make? Misallocating your capital, Eric. Look, you got a budget. Whether it be DraftKings or FanDuel, you got... $50,000 Fifty dollars or $60,000 that you need to put towards a lineup. Yeah. And that's a hard cap, folks. So how do you do that? How do you allocate your capital? There is a real data-driven science to it, folks. So for instance, questions that you should be asking yourself, whether it's GPP or whether it's cash games, for instance, do I pay up for that top-tier high-priced quarterback? How much, in other words, is Pat Mahomes or Lamar Jackson really worth? Or do I go the other route? Do I get that high-priced top-tier running back who's going to be the the, the bell cow? How much are they worth? Because let's face it, you can't just put all your money at the top tier at every position. You're going to halfway through, you're going to run out of capital. So allocating your capital becomes the most important factor in a successful lineup. And how you do that. Taking a data-driven analysis to determine which positions are worth the most money and how is it that you determine what value players to insert in your lineup to make your lineup worth is what we talk about in, uh, in multiple videos in that nine-class DFS series, Eric, that you put the link. Up top.
0: It is so powerful, Gary, because you don't. I think what a lot of beginners do is they just look at that list on DraftKings and FanDuel's. Oh, I think this guy's going to go off. Oh, I think this guy's going off. But to be able to take an analytical approach and have rules based on factors that we cover. Uh, it gives you confidence and powerful are you going to be it, right and 100? That,
1: by the way is based on over 10 years of all the nfl games so literally hundreds of hundreds over a thousand nfl games that have been crunched into that uh into that data driven formula yeah that i was Eric's just, referring to
0: and i was just going to say is that going to make you right 100 percent of the not- time of course not but you're going to be right a lot more than you're wrong
1: of course absolutely all right, so
0: the second mistake we, we see uh, DFS, NFL DFS players make, recency bias. Oh, do you, uh, Gary, I, it's not just daily, it's also the season-long uh, people out there. I've seen so many times, this guy's awesome, or this guy sucks just because of what they have done in the last few weeks. Boy, talk about what have you done for me lately crowd. Yep. Uh, here's the reality there is a lot of variance and volatility in daily fantasy football. It is especially true when you're looking at, for example, wide receivers are even tight ends. And I'll give you one example, Will Fuller, you know, we've talked about Will Fuller a couple uh, times on our show, and I've heard people say, well, he just sucks. He hasn't done anything in the last couple of weeks. Well, guess what? Not only is Will Fuller a wide receiver that has, in general, a lot of volatility, he's a guy that has a lot of air yards, which has extra amount of volatility. So he's going to have bad weeks, and he's going to have great weeks. So all because he's had a couple of good weeks, don't get too high on him, and all because he's had a couple of bad weeks, don't get too low on him. The other thing I want to comment about is game script. It's so important to understand game script because here's the bottom line. It's not enough to know that a guy has done well recently or poorly recently why have they done well or why have they struggled? That's important. You can have T.Y. Hilton a couple of games he was just phased out of the lineup because all they wanted to do was run the ball, for example, against Kansas, uh, Kansas City because they could expose Kansas City's rush defense. But guess what, when they faced another team that didn't have uh, had a stronger run defense, you can expect that he would be more in the offensive game plan.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and by the way, what's the rule of thumb on that? That we discuss and back up with real hard data in the nine, uh, nine class, master class series. Look, you gotta look at the last four weeks, and that's just, Eric, for the positions that have the high touches. The running backs, the quarterbacks, and the wide receiver ones. Right? You need four weeks worth of data, which actually turns out uh, to be more predictive than the entire last year's worth of data. But you've got to have at least four weeks, to your point on the recency bias. And if you go with wide receiver two or below or the tight end kicker defense, um, you need more weeks than that. Again, it all speaks to... Recency bias.
0: Yeah, and we go in uh, in the Masterclass series. It's not just how they've done well or poorly, but there's different factors and different specific stats we want you to take a look at.
1: Absolutely. All right, what's so the, the next, third? The third mistake that people make, um, ignoring the late game updates. Eric, this is inexcusable. This is literally, literally inexcusable. I don't Happens a lot, Gary. What, I don't care what kind of fantasy football you're playing. If you're playing, for God's sakes, you got to take it seriously. You can't just set and forget your lineup, Eric, as so many people do. Now, the thing of it is, is that they're out there. Every Thursday, you get injury reports that are updated daily after that until finally culminating in a Sunday morning injury report. you got to check these things. Why? Eric, it's not just for your own lineup. It's partially, of course, to make sure you don't put an injured player in your lineup that's not going to play because you know, that just takes your chances of winning. It's, Duh. It's, it's actually <laughs> Duh. right? Well, I, I think an actually equally dull point is check it for all the players because you're going to discover hidden gems. You're going to unlock value. Maybe you didn't know, uh, y- you know, that, that the first-string running back isn't going to play on another team because they got injured between Thursday and Sunday, which unlocks real value at the person who comes up and takes that RB1 position for the week, right? As one example, it can unlock hidden values at every position, quarterbacks, running backs wide receivers, that are real linchpins, Eric, to to winning lineups.
0: Look, you gotta decide whether you're gonna follow the Herm Edwards advice.
1: You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it.
0: So Gary talked about checking uh, the inactives list, which comes out 90 minutes before kickoff in the morning. Here's what a lot of people don't do. You also need to check that for the afternoon. 90 minutes before. I know you're like, I don't want to, it's you know, it's so much work, I don't, I, don't, I don't have enough time for that. That's fine. Do you want to win or not? <laughs> so you, you need to check that inactives uh, list and also, we're going to go into great detail, but you have to imply the, the late swap, Gary. That's again looking at where you stand in your either cash game or GPP and potentially making
1: switches uh, right before game time. Which we expand on that last point quite a bit again in that DFS Master's Class series. Absolutely. All right. The fourth
0: uh, mistake is applying the same strategies and the, to all contests. You know, Gary, how many times have I heard people say, well, look, I think the guy's good, so what difference does it make with, uh, <laughs> what what contest no. I'm, I'm doing? Yeah, so, look, cash here, versus
1: GPP, of course, is what you're doing. Yeah, saying.
0: here's yeah. the bottom line, right? You're going to compare your cash gains with your GPP. Cash games are your 50-50 are your double-ups, where roughly about 50% of the uh, competitors are going to be winners, but it's a very flat uh, payout. In other words, whether you fit in 100% uh co- person contest where you finish first or 49th same payout versus a GPP which stands for guaranteed prize pool we have a number of people entering a tournament for a set prize amount which is heavily weighted toward the top finishers at the very very top so here's the deal cash games you want a high floor and you do not need correlation in your lineup versus uh, GPP play where you want a high ceiling and you must have correlation. Gary, let's talk a little bit about it. Why do you, when you play GPP, do you want, it's obviously why you want a high ceiling because you need to get in the high, high numbers in order to get a real good payout. Why do
1: you want to have correlation in your lineup? You want correlation because correlation is the only thing that guarantees that your lineup can jump from, say, the top 10 or 15 percent if you happen to do well at picking good players, to the top 1 or 2% where you've not only picked good players but you've picked good players that are linked together so that if one does well it guarantees that the other one does well and so you can string a lineup with four or five players that all hit it big which is what you absolutely have to have if you're going to win any real money on these GPP contests. telling a story with your lineup combining with high correlation players is really the only way to do it.
0: Yeah, it's exactly right when he says that you have to hit it on almost all of your players. So if you know you have to hit it on that player, and you know picking these players are more likely to go off if that player went off, then you don't have to be right on all of your picks. So, uh, it's, uh, it's kind of an obvious point, but I'm surprised how many people don't fully take advantage of it. And in our nine class master series, we go over all of the top positive correlations, and as well to stay away from those guys that are negatively correlated.
1: Yeah, so we put a lot of analytical rigor to show you what correlations matter the most, so you can do the best job about picking your lineup. And that's true for GPP and for cash games. Speaking of GPP, Gary, what's our fifth mistake on the board? Ah, Eric, the number five common mistake is in some cases the biggest, because it can certainly be the most costly, and that is playing too many GPP games. Now look, here's the deal. Whether your name is Eric Lee or Jeff Bezos, regardless of where you are on that spectrum, you've got a budget. (laughs) Everybody <laughs> has a budget for gambling. Sounds like we're at the very bottom
0: of that list.
1: <laughs> eh, You know, we're trying to get better. <laughs> so here's the deal. Folks, look. This is, again, a fairly obvious point, but GPPs are structured so that you will probably lose money. It, it's, in a way, like a lottery ticket. It's a little better than a lottery ticket, I guess, because, Eric, now, for the average GPP contest, and there is a spectrum... Um, you know, you have a between 20 and 25% chance uh, of just winning your money back, right? And so, gee, what does that mean? It means that over three out of four entries will go kaputzo, and you'll lose all your money no matter how good you are, right? And then if you want to win real money, and let's define real money as uh, say winning 10 times the amount that you bet, now you have on average less than 1% chance of doing that. So here's the deal you got to mix in whatever your balance between betting on cash games and betting on GPP games, Eric. you got to more heavily weighted to cash games because cash games have 50-50 or near 50-50 chance of winning. If you do well in that, Eric, that's going to fund your, um, your, I guess, uh, you know, gambling needs, if you will, to, uh, to bet on GPPs.
0: Yeah, uh, as Star Wars uh, character Admiral Akbar said about GPPs, yeah, look, if you just want to have fun, you have our permission. Go, go play uh, as many GPPs as you want. But if you just are seriously trying to maximize uh, your winnings, you've got to think about an 80-20 split somewhere around there from cash games to, to GPP. Those are your five common mistakes, and hopefully all of our FFC community will avoid those. If you made it this far to the video, please smash that like button and hit the red subscriber button if you haven't yet. So right below me, I am going to include uh, a link to the beginning class playlist for the Master Class Series. Remember, it's all free, right underneath Gary. The first class skips the beginner class for those that are more experienced. And until we see you next time, take care, everybody.